This is Archive Atlanta, episode 232, Nursing. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week, we're talking about nursing, the earliest history of the profession, the city's first nursing programs and schools, how each world war impacted it, how the state regulated the profession, and we're going to talk about a few of the men and women who made history as nurses. As always in Atlanta, this is a story of binaries. The profession was segregated until at least the 1960s, but each community had such a rich history in the nursing profession. And honestly, I thought this was just going to be like, hey, you know, got to do this episode. It turned out to be one of my favorite things to research. Before we get into Atlanta, let's go back, all the way back. The word nurse comes from the Latin word meaning to suckle, and it was strictly associated with wet nurses until the late 16th century when it became a term for a person who cares for the infirm. That work was traditionally religious, and it did not become a secular profession until the 19th century. In the United States, a New York physician organized an early lecture course in 1798 for nurses who cared in the maternity ward. And then in the early 1800s, the Nurse Society of Philadelphia trained women in caring for mothers during childbirth and postpartum. Florence Nightingale is a name we all know, whether we know anything else about nursing. She was an upper-class British woman famous for leading a group of female nurses into the Crimea in 1854 to nurse British soldiers. Afterward, she established nurse education programs in several British hospitals, and she formed what is called the Nightingale Principles, a set of ideas about how nurses should be educated. At the outbreak of the U.S. Civil War, 20,000 men and women served as nurses in battles in the North and the South. Just a few years post-war, the Women's Hospital of Philadelphia offered a six-month nurse training course, which graduated its first class in 1869. By 1873, the first three educational programs in the United States were formed at New York's Bellevue, Connecticut State Hospital, and Boston, Massachusetts General Hospital. All of them were based on the ideas of Florence Nightingale and the forerunners of organized professional nurse education in the United States. By 1900, there were between 400 and 800 nursing schools operating across the country. So what about Atlanta? I am going to share the story of each nursing program or school as it was established chronologically. So bear with me here. It might feel a little disjointed because I'm going to jump around in time a little bit. And I want to share this tidbit in my research with you because everything, if you were to Google, you know, nursing in Atlanta, you're going to be led to the information that the first two nursing schools were Grady Hospitals and St. Joseph's. Both were solely for white women. And so, you know, that's where I began. That's kind of how I start things. I do a general Google search and then I dig in. So I got them at the top of my notes. You know, I'm in the newspapers. I'm in the Internet archives. And then... Way, way down in the page, I get to Spelman, and as I start researching their nursing program, I realize that while not formally recognized in the same way, this was definitely Atlanta's first and earliest nursing program. Spelman was established as Spelman Seminary in 1881, and the first nursing program was established in 1885 under the leadership of Dr. Sophia B. Jones, who happened to also be the school's first African-American faculty member. She had graduated from the University of Michigan Medical School in that same year, and there she was the first black woman to claim that title. 
She taught her students the nursing profession, and she also directed the school's infirmary. And the coolest part about this program is that each year they would have a final exam slash live demonstration where all of the nursing graduates would perform nursing tasks, almost like a play, and they would invite um, Atlanta's elite, you know, white leaders, white doctors. And this often happened with um, especially Morehouse and Spellman. There was a lot of curiosity in the white press about what was going on in those schools. Um, but there is an article, I think it was from 1887 from one of their performances. And Dr. W.F. Westmoreland, who was a white physician in Atlanta, said he had, quote, never seen more skill in bandaging wounds and broken limbs that was displayed by these students, end quote. The program ended in 1928, graduating 117 nurses during its existence. In March of 1898, a petition was granted from the state of Georgia for the formation of the Grady Hospital Training School for Nurses. This made it the first chartered nursing school in Georgia. In May of 1900, the first six young women graduated using the children's ward as an event space with a makeshift platform to walk across. Do we know their names? Of course not. We do, however, know the names of the graduates of the 1901 class, and they were Mamie Ashford, Zoe Doughty, um, Emily Womack, Eva Foreman, Lillian Duke, Bessie Mills, and Theodosia Wardell. Wardell actually became superintendent of the school by 1906, and by 1982, the last class graduated, and the school had trained more than 4,000 nurses, including their first male graduate in 1968, Jerry Brither. St. Joseph's Infirmary was founded in 1880 by the Sisters of Mercy as the Atlanta Hospital. It was renamed St. Joseph's Infirmary in 1885. In 1900, the hospital established the first nursing program, and this is considered the first program of its kind in the state, and it was also the first to receive state accreditation. Its first nursing class graduated in 1903. In 1960, St. Joseph's admitted its first male student, Charles Fulmer, who went on to be the first man in the state to graduate from a nursing school. By the start of the 1970s, the American Nurses Association was promoting academic degrees and Georgia State University was offering a very high quality nursing program. And so this kind of affects a lot of nursing programs in the state, which we'll talk about. But St. Joseph's closed in 1973, having matriculated 1,300 nursing diplomas over its lifespan. The Tabernacle Infirmary was created in 1900 and located outside the city limits on McDonough Road. By 1901, they had moved to a small cottage on Spring Street, and in that same year, they formed the Tabernacle Infirmary and the Training School for Christian Nurses. By the way, if you're thinking Tabernacle downtown, you are right. Um, This actually nursing building or nursing school was basically on the lot that the Ferris wheel is on today. The school's vision was to educate students to heal the needy sick, and it graduated its first class in 1904. Those women were Kate Endress, Grace Attaway, Alma Garner, and Stella Taylor. Throughout the mid-century, the school was named the Georgia Baptist Nursing School, and by 1993, the Georgia Baptist College of Nursing. And by 2001, the college merged with Mercer University. And today, this is considered one of the best and longest-running nursing programs in the state of Georgia. The Piedmont Nursing School started in 1905 with five women in its first classes who ranged from ages 19 to 29. They had been specifically chosen based on their character and their previous medical experience. By 1959, the program moved to the sixth floor of the new Piedmont Hospital, and then again in 1962 during a large hospital expansion. This was kind of the golden age of Piedmont Hospital School. It had 200 students, and I think they all lived on campus. 
The school closed in 1983 after matriculating over 2,000 nurses. Emory School of Nursing began as the Wesley Memorial Hospital Training School for Nurses in August of 1905. First located at the corner of Auburn Avenue and Cortland Street, it was considered part of the Wesley Memorial Hospital, which was operating in an old mansion, and the program comprised of two years of practical training along with theoretical classroom instruction. It was directed by Alberta Dozier, who graduated from the Grady Hospital School in 1902. She served at Wesley Memorial until 1922. She was actually honored in 1945 with a portrait in the school library. By 1922, the school had moved onto Emory's campus and then into its own building, the Florence Candler Harris Home for Nurses. It was renamed Emory University Hospital School of Nursing in the 1930s, and then in 1944, it separated from the hospital and became an independent school of the university. The school was later named for Nell Hodgson Woodruff, a wife of Robert Woodruff, who we will sort of talk about later. Um, She had a very short nursing career, but really did a lot of work um, in her lifetime to and throughout kind of the nursing profession. In 1962, Lieutenant Keith Howard Taylor became the first male student admitted to the graduate program there. The Grady Municipal Training School for Colored Nurses was organized in 1914 by Ludie Clay Andrews, a 1906 graduate of Spelman's nursing program. So it's 1917. It is in the midst of World War I. It receives its accreditation and a formal charter from the state of Georgia. The 1917 graduation was held at First Congregational Church, and it awarded degrees to Ruth Maddie Ramsey, Mary Watts, Nellie Lloyd, Annie Stanley, Madison, and Lee Sanford. In 1946, Grady Hospital became part of the Fulton DeKalb Hospital Authority, and so the nursing school is renamed the Grady Memorial Hospital School of Nursing, but the programs were still strictly segregated. So the two separate nursing schools did not combine until 1964, and the entire program closes in the 1980s. Ludie Andrews is also famous for her role as the first black registered nurse in Georgia, which was 1919. Securing state registration for black nurses in 1920, serving as president of the Colored Nurses Association, which we'll talk about later, and superintendent of Mac Vicker Hospital, which was on Spelman's campus. World War I changed the trajectory of nursing profession worldwide, and the United States entered the fray in 1917. Over 22,000 professionally trained female nurses were recruited by the American Red Cross to serve in the Army between 1917 and 1919, and over 10,000 served near the Western Front. More than 1,500 nurses served in the U.S. Navy, and Georgia nurses enrolled in the American Red Cross Nursing Service. In May of 1917, the President of the United States created the American Red Cross War Council, and in February of 1917, Atlanta had already petitioned for its own Red Cross chapter. So I did an episode long ago about Nellie Peters Black. Um, she was really instrumental in encouraging local women to become Red Cross nurses and nurses' aides, and this was kind of like something for everyone. So for the former, you needed to have two years of hospital training and take Red Cross-specific certifications, and then for the latter, you just needed like first aid and hygiene courses. Fort McPherson started an army school of nursing in November of 1918 with 51 students and it was led by Miss Annie Bess Feebeck. This was short-lived as far as I can tell. Um, She later served as superintendent of nurses at Grady um, and then I think somewhere else later in her career. There was also though Camp Gordon in Chambly that had more than 46,000 troops at its height and it was home to base hospital 43. 
In August of 1917, staff from the base hospital was called overseas, including 71 female nurses, one of them Camille Louise O'Brien. O'Brien had graduated from St. Joseph's in 1916. She joined the Army Nurses Corps in the spring of 1918, and she was sent to France along with the rest of the hospital staff. The unit came home in January of 1919, but Camille, along with 40 other nurses, volunteered to stay behind and care for soldiers. Three months later, she got spinal meningitis and died a week later. So she was buried in France, um, but her body was actually brought back to Atlanta and buried at Greenwood Cemetery. As if the war wasn't tragic enough, you cannot leave out the influenza epidemic of 1918, more commonly called the Spanish flu. Camp Gordon was struck with the flu on September 18th, I think it was. And by the 20th, there are cases appearing at other camps. By October, there are over 1,900 cases reported in the city and an urgent call put out for nurses. 75 from Atlanta immediately respond. The Red Cross and the Atlanta Registered Nurses Club worked to get more volunteers. And I talked about the Spanish flu way back in episode 90 if you wanted to go back and listen to more. World War II officially began in 1939, and Atlanta's nurses played a very large role in this. So by 1940, the city's Red Cross First Reserve nurses awaited the call, very much the same way that uh, men were being drafted into the war. These nurses were kind of sitting around waiting for their call to serve. In January of 1941, the Red Cross had issued almost 4,000 home nursing certificates. So home nursing, it's a little of a fuzzy definition. Um, it's kind of designed for women that were homemakers. And the idea is that at this point, almost every doctor and other healthcare professional is being used in a war effort. And so they're training women to possibly uh, have a home birth, um, how to have a, you know, how to help someone else have a birth, how to deal with minor injuries or illnesses. The 1943 newspaper had this really lovely feature on several Atlanta's white women who had served in nursing during the First World War and now were serving in the second. And it actually included Mrs. Robert Woodruff, who served as chairman of the Civilian Recruitment Committee on Nursing. Uh, and then there was a Mrs. John Harland and a Mrs. Perrin Nicholson. In 1944, there was also a huge push to have nurses get a college degree with nursing certificates. And so Emory hosted a two-day conference of the National League of Nursing Education. And this is all interesting because about two years later, 1946, Atlanta is in the midst of a massive nursing shortage. There are over 150 positions to fill and everyone is up in arms about it because we had six operating nursing schools at the time and could not fill them. By the end of World War II, white Army and Navy nurses were recognized when women were commissioned as officers into their respective branches. Initially, black nurses were not allowed to serve in the nurse corps, but by 1941, there was 56 called to serve, and by 1943, that number had rose to 160. The Bolton Act of 1943 actually um, outlawed discrimination, and so this increases the number of black nursing students across the nation. By the end of the war, more than 59,000 women served in the Army Nurse Corps and around 11,000 in the Navy Nurse Corps. I want to end this episode with a brief mention of the professional nursing organizations. There are many. They kind of change names here and there, so I 
probably have missed some. Um, We're going to start with one of the earliest. So in 1907, the Georgia General Assembly passed legislation that forms the Georgia Board of Nursing. And this is tasked with regulating an education, with regulating an education, all of them in the profession. In October of 1907, they had their first meeting called to order. And then by 1916, they are in charge of regulating nine nursing programs in the state of Georgia. The National Association of Colored Graduate Nurses was formed nationally in 1908, but Atlanta had a really active local chapter. And in the 1940s, this was led by nurse Frances Belcher. So Fanny, as she was known, was the first black public health nurse in Atlanta. And she worked at the Dwell Clinic and then at the Baby Health Center. I also found a reference to the Atlanta Colored Nurses Association from 1921 that was actually led by Miss Andrews, um, who had graduated from Grady, who started the school at Grady. And then there was a Georgia State Colored Nurses Association um, in 1949 that the paper describes as the only professional nurse registry for black nurses um, in the state or in the city. And so there's a lot of, of course, um, two organization, parallel organizations before desegregation. So in 1962, Georgia State Nurses Association finally admits its black nurses to state membership. And so we see some of these organizations collapse. So there you have it, the story of nursing in Atlanta. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember to leave a rating and or a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. There's also a Patreon link in the show notes if you'd like to support the work. I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.